0: You're tuned in to the Thinking Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you, featuring author, speaker, and minister. Michael Nimmons.
1: Thank you guys for tuning in to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. That's right, guys. We are back. Uh, We took a little break, and um, we are back with a brand new episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. First, say happy Father's Day to all of the fathers We've got a great show in store for you on uh, this week. Uh, We're going to be talking about, in the first segment, uh, the gun legislation that both the Democrats and Republicans are working on. And then in the second segment, we're gonna be uh, shifting gears and turning our attention towards the January 6th uh, committee hearings. And then rounding out the three topics for this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We're going to talk about Juneteenth and the significance of this federal holiday. It's time, 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 time for the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show.
2: Frederick anderson where's Frederick? Frederick, right here. I want, I want, I know it's raining, but I'm going to tell about Frederick. Frederick started his college career in Ohio only to find out that his high school sweetheart back in Georgia was pregnant. So he came back and enrolled in Morehouse to be closer to her. Pretty soon helping raise a newborn and working night shifts became too much, so he started taking business classes at a technical college instead, doing everything from delivering newspapers to buffing hospital floors to support his family. And then he rolled at Morehouse a second time. But even with a job, he couldn't keep up with the cost of tuition. So after getting his degree from that technical school, this father of three decided to come back to Morehouse for a third time. As Frederick says, God has a plan for my life, and he's not done with me yet. And today, Frederick is a family man, and a working man, and a Morehouse man. And that's what I'm asking all of you to do. Keep setting an
0: example for what it means to be a man.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker and minister, Michael Nemens. And you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. That's right, guys. We are back. Uh, we took a little break and um, we are back with a brand new Episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We want to first say happy Father's Day to all of the fathers uh, that are listening. Uh, we had a great Father's Day weekend. I hope you had a great Father's Day weekend. I know I did, uh, just enjoying the beautiful weather, enjoying family uh, and food and all of the great things that were done for us on Father's Day. And again, I hope you had a great Father's Day As well and um, I just enjoyed my family and um, I wanted to share just uh, a very special uh, moment with you all uh, bring you kind of insight so I have my daughter here Lauren Michelle Nemmons and she is going to read to you guys a few Father's Day cards that I received on Father's Day take it away Lauren
3: I'm Michelle Nimans, and I am going to be reading to you some Father's Day cards. Happy Father's Day. You make me feel so special. We have lots of fun. You make every day a wonderful one. You love me like crazy, and I love you too. You're truly the best. Happy Dad's Day to you. son so grateful for you. Today is for celebrating the wonderful father you are, but but I'm also grateful for the wonderful son you are too. You have your own busy life, but you still manage to be a very big part of mine. And I really love you for that happy Father's Day. to to a terrific son on Father's Day. You are such a loving father. You care about your family. You're always there for them. And you're a wonderful son who makes me so proud. Happy Father's Day. You're a very rare kind of dad. Everything you do is well done. Happy Father's Day!
1: Thank you so much, Lauren, for that, uh, for, for reading to us some of the cards that we got on Father's Day. We truly appreciate it. Uh, that was such a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I'm so glad I was able to share it with all of you on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. In addition to it being Father's Day, uh, we also celebrated Juneteenth as well. I want to say happy Juneteenth to everybody that is listening to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, We know that to be uh, the official uh, uh, day of independence that we celebrate as a culture, our independence uh, from... 400 years of slavery and uh, we'll be talking more about that in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show but we will be remiss without wishing you all a happy Juneteenth as well. has happened over the two weeks that we uh, have been uh, on break or on vacation so to speak. Uh, The NBA Finals have concluded and the Golden State Warriors have won their fourth NBA championship. Congrats to Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Coach Steve Kerr, and the entire cast of players of the Golden State Warriors for taking home their fourth NBA title. That's right, guys. Uh, I I said it uh, early on. You heard me that my gut was saying Boston because of their defense, but my mind was saying uh, Golden State because of their championship DNA. And uh, goes to show you, my mind was right, and uh, Golden State took home their fourth NBA championship. Shouts out to them and to. Uh, the entire Golden State Warriors organization for a fabulous and phenomenal NBA uh, season and culminating with an NBA championship. And, of course, shouts out to the Boston Celtics for uh, making it to uh, the NBA Finals. The first-time head coach, um, Ime Udoke, for taking his team, a team actually, that people didn't even think would make the playoffs, let alone uh, make it to the NBA Finals, and really were a game or two away from uh, an NBA title. So, the Boston is a serious team, guys, and I think one to be reckoned with. Uh, Jason Tatum is a superstar, and... Um, uh, Jalen Brown, both are superstars. They just need a little bit more uh, fine tuning uh, in the in their game, and I think they're going to be there. Uh, They'll be a team to be reckoned with next season. But I want to say this before we move on to um, the next segment, but that one thing that really baffled me when it comes to sports, and it comes when it comes to and particularly basketball, because basketball, it, even though it's a team sport, um, it has become quite individualized uh, here lately. With you know, at, with conversations about who who is the greatest player of all time, and who is the greatest player on on the planet, and who is better than who, and blah 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 blah. Um, I, the the NBA Finals winning a championship, I believe, is incentive enough to give it your A game to to, to give it your A game every single uh, day. You know, game in and game out. And I was finding it very hard uh, in some some in some games watching the Boston Celtics, knowing the talent that they had, and you know, players like again Jason Tatum, All Star. Um, Jalen Brown, All-Star, um, and uh, Marcus Smart, All-Star. Those guys and their supporting cast of players, uh, you know, Al Horford and um, Grant Williams, and, and um, I think it was I think it's Mark Pritchard. Uh, those guys are, are their supporting cast, and when they're clicking on all cylinders, it seems like they're a team to be reckoned with. They're, they're, they're the team to beat. But they weren't consistent enough for me uh, to really believe that they could win it all. And they showed it. They showed their their immaturity at times. Uh, you know, careless uh, plays, turnovers. Their their turnover percentage was very high in the NBA Finals. And uh, it really showed. Their immaturity really showed as a team. Even though their defense. Um, was was definitely what kept them in, in most games. So that was one thing that really bothered me with a team like the Celtics because they have so much talent, but yet it seemed like, you know, a, the, 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 how do you get blowed out by 30 and 40 points in a game where your your stars are only scoring 12 and 13 points? You know, Jason Tatum ending the game with 12 points or 15 points when they're averaging 30 and 40 a game. That right there, to me, begs the question to whether they really understand the gravity of the moment or not. And that was one of the most frustrating parts of watching the playoffs this season because I mean, you're just as hyped as they are in many cases, but then at times it seemed like your enthusiasm and energy for the game was even higher than the players that are on the floor, and that was really, really bothersome for me. But you know, I want to share that that again. But shouts out again to the Golden State Warriors for winning it all, and uh, we look forward to another great season. The NBA uh, uh, season coming up again this fall. Now we're heading into uh, football and, and, and college football and pro football. So all of those things are coming up very soon. But uh, the NBA season has finally wrapped up. And we look forward to another great season next year. We've got a great show in store for you. On uh, this week, Uh, we're going to be talking about in the first segment uh, the gun legislation that both the Democrats and Republicans are working on, trying to get uh, some comprehensive gun legislation on the books uh, for a vote before the July 4th holiday. Uh, They are working, uh, from what I understand, behind the scenes. We're going to be sharing with you some of the progress and giving you some updates on where they are with this legislation. We'll be doing that in the first segment of this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and then in the second segment we want to be uh, shifting gears and turning our attention towards the January 6th uh, committee hearings I think this is a very important and significant um, hearing that is taking place regarding uh, the insurrection and and um, uh, terrorist attack on the nation's capital that took place uh, this past January 6th, and um, a lot has come out of it. We want to talk about what has happened so far, what are the implications of this hearing, and why we think this is uh, significant and a step, I believe, in the right direction. So, we're going to talk about that in the second segment. Of this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And then rounding out the three topics for this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we're going to talk about Juneteenth and the significance of this federal holiday and this celebration of black independence. Uh, we're going to talk about that and share with you our thoughts about the significance of Juneteenth and why I think it's so very important that we take time, set aside time as a nation, as a country to uh, celebrate and to reflect upon uh, this uh, very important holiday that we call Juneteenth. We're going to do that in the third segment of this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And as I said, guys, again, we've got a great show in store for you. And uh, I think it's very fitting uh, as we celebrate not just Juneteenth, but celebrate fathers in this week's edition of the Thinking I Allow radio show uh, that this week's thought is uh, dedicated to all of the great fathers uh, that are listening Uh, to uh, the this this episode it is dedicated to you and uh, there is a very important speech that we're going to be sharing from uh, former President Barack Obama as he uh, delivered a commencement address to the Morehouse graduates back in 2013 a very powerful powerful address that I think is very appropriate Uh, to share during this Father's Day edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I can't wait to share with you at the end of this week's show. So as I said, guys, we've got a great show in store for you, man. I'm so glad to be back. Took some time off to just relax, reflect and get some much needed rest and catch up on a few things. It's always good to do that, but I tell you what I can't, I'm just so happy to be back and so happy to be able to share with you a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Remember guys, you can rate, review and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show wherever you listen to your podcast we're on Spotify we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play we're on uh, michaelnemons.com we're on radio public we are everywhere uh, you listen to your podcast and do us a favor guys make sure that you rate review and subscribe to the podcast Uh, also check out our Facebook fan page we want to give a special special shout out to all of our fans on on our Facebook fan page you know who you are thank you so much for all of the likes and all of the shares uh, we appreciate each and every one of of you, you got to be a part of our Facebook fan page. We're going to be posting more videos and more posts uh, in the days and the weeks to come that you can share on your uh, social media as well. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we're looking to do a live on our Facebook fan page as well that you can be a part of so stay tuned for that we're going to be engaging our Facebook fans uh, in a very very real way very very soon so do us a favor guys and be sure and like our Facebook fan page you can do it right now at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ That's where you can go to find out all the things that we're up to. We're going to be sharing more about what we're going to be doing. And uh, you can also listen to our podcast right from our Facebook fan page as well. You can even subscribe to the podcast from our Facebook fan page. So do us a favor and like and subscribe to our Facebook fan page. We appreciate it. And we thank you so much for your support well guys we're getting ready to take our first break but when we come back we're jumping right into the first segment talking about the gun legislation that the Democrats and Republicans are working on and sharing with you our thoughts on where do we go from here you don't want to go anywhere you're tuned You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online it's the Thinking Out Loud radio show we'll be right back
4: Hello, my name is Maya Nemes, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nemes, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now available on the Detroit Praise Network website.
0: You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.
5: This is Dr. Eddie Connor, and you're listening to the Thinking
1: Out Loud show with my main man, Michael Nemens. Grew up listening and singing, If I Could Be Like Mike, and I really do, so I had to listen to how he
5: brings it, how he flows with it, how he engages you, how he speaks truth to power and inspires you to do something greater than ever before. Don't you dare
4: miss it. Continue to listen. Think out loud. Speak out loud with
0: Michael Nimens Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.
4: Black to the bone, to the core, to the root. I am to America a very strange fruit, born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps, into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for troops that have been withheld from books produced to tell history. And it's a mystery how they missed me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country and our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be freed for another 300 years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves tears because fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms and in the heirlooms the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency denying black beauty and black pride
0: Black lives really do matter here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you
6: Refined. Rebranded. Reinvented. Reinvigorated. Revived. The new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought provoking working experience
4: what is up beautiful people it's your girl lex devine in the building kicking it with yours truly michael nimmons on the thinking out loud radio and tv show all right y'all stay tuned you send
5: me to the show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it American senators have announced a bipartisan framework for limited curbs on firearms. The move falls short of stronger steps sought by President Joe Biden and many Democrats. But with new Republican support, it would break a stalemate in Congress that has lasted for years, despite mass killings and giant protests. The renewed push for gun control comes after a teenager shot dead 19 schoolchildren and two teachers in a Texas elementary school last month. And for more on this, let's go straight to Washington, to D.W. Sumi Somoskanda. Sumi, a deal in the Senate on gun law reform. What does that look like?
7: Nick, this deal would do a few things. I'll take you through what was agreed upon now. It would provide money um, to states to implement red flag laws. These uh, are laws that allow officials to remove guns from someone who's considered a risk. And these laws already exist in 19 states and in the District of Columbia as well. Uh, It would close the so-called boyfriend loophole. So that would stop people who have been convicted of domestic violence um, from obtaining a firearm. It would also include an expanded background check for people who are under the age of 21 and want to purchase a gun and it would give grants to states to address mental health concerns. That's something a lot of Republicans have called for because they blame these mass shootings on mental health and not guns themselves. Um, and it would give funding to schools to improve safety. Now, the bipartisan group that worked on this deal said that this plan will save lives and protect the constitutional rights of law-abiding Americans. Again, a language there that is important to Republicans. This is a deal in principle. The text still needs to be drafted, but if it holds and makes it through the House, it would be a big deal because uh, no, no uh, legislation essentially has been passed on the federal level in 30 years. And Nick, I was just on DW yesterday saying, look, uh, saying that any legislation looks doomed in the Senate. So this appears to be a significant breakthrough.
5: I remember that conversation with you well, and this feels like a big surprise. But look, as you were saying, this kind of legislation has been called for, for years. Can you tell us just how did this come about, this, this surprise deal?
7: Well, it took a massive outcry after the mass shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas. You mentioned 19 children, two teachers were killed in that shooting. And one of the loudest voices was Senator Chris Murphy. He's a Democrat from the state of Connecticut. That state witnessed a, a horrific mass shooting in 2012 at Sandy Hook. And he said at the time that doing nothing was not an option, option and that he would be willing to accept incremental change. Um, so he spearheaded this effort. And he and Democrats and the president have made clear this uh, deal certainly is not enough. They want to see more stringent laws. They want to see assault weapons, for example, banned. They want to see safe storage laws for uh, guns stored at home or background checks on gun shows as well. But the devil is in the details here, uh, Nick. We have to see how much money they're actually going to allocate towards this if it passes. And also, you have to think about the fact that juvenile background checks might not stop uh, many mass shooters who don't have a previous record. But again, um, Senator Chris Murphy saying that this incremental change is better than nothing.
5: Well, I'm sure yeah, fingers crossed is I think, the sentiment for many Americans, particularly those who have suffered from all of those mass shootings over the years. See me some reporting for us from Washington, DC.
1: In our first jump into our first topic in the Here's What I'm Thinking edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, I said before the break we're going to be talking about. The uh, comprehensive gun legislation That uh, is now on the Senate floor well, actually is being proposed By a group of Senators According to an article Written on June the 13th uh, From CNN uh, According to CNN A bipartisan group of Senators Unveiled an agreement on principle For gun safety legislation Sunday providing an overview Of a forthcoming package of reforms To address one of the nation's Most pressing and divisive issues in the wake of mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, and Uvalde, Texas. These being uh, two of the most recent uh, uh, shootings. Uh, And um, that that have taken place within the past month or so right here in this country. One of the biggest factors, according to uh, this CNN article, still to be sorted out in the framework agreement as to how the legislation will be written. The announcement includes the support of 10 Republican senators which would give the proposal enough support to overcome the Senate filibuster, but maintaining it through the legislative process will be a massive challenge for lawmakers to accomplish before the next congressional recess in two weeks, which is where we currently are. Uh, From what I understand, they're trying to get this to the Senate floor before the uh, Senate goes on uh, the 4th of July holiday and um, it's you know it's, it's it sounds like it's still uh, some work being done or work that that uh, needs to be done. But I think what is what sounds promising to me at least is that these are Senate Republicans that are coming forth with a uh, proposed gun a proposed gun legislation that um, or a, a, an agreement. In principle, as as this article reads, for gun safety legislation, but it still remains to be seen uh, as to how much Democratic support they will get regarding this, because um, you know, with this being a very pivotal pivotal topic uh, in not just uh, this country, but uh, uh, in 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 particularly in this political landscape. Uh, of uh, Democrats versus Republicans, this polarized landscape that we're in, it just doesn't seem like they both can come together on comprehensive gun legislation. You know, we all talk about, you know what what is the, the, the biggest thing that seems to be standing in their way, and that is these special interest groups, namely the NRA. Uh, and we found it very interesting, and we talked about this in one of our previous episodes with uh, uh, the uh, the youngest jurist doctorate in U.S. history, Haley Taylor Slitz. Uh The NRA was having their uh, convention just uh, in the same weekend of the Uvalde, Texas shooting at Robb Elementary, I think, was in definite poor taste. Uh, and... And and of course, you saw clips of how many of them used the Uvalde Texas shooting uh, to you know uh, basically capitalize on their uh, stance that the the answer to uh, the problem of of guns is uh, more guns. You know, putting guns in the hands of of uh, of the teachers and putting guns in the hands of the janitors and and and, and the hands of of uh, of the security officers and 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 putting the guns in the hands of of other uh, of, of you know the for example the the Buffalo New York um, Tops Market putting guns in the hands of of um, the, the, the 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 workers there those in, in their minds are the answers to uh, the, the gun problem in America, you know, putting more guns uh, on the streets, putting more guns in the hands of, of those uh, in, 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 in these types of situations are, are, are their way of resolving this gun problem in this country and that's, that's uh, that, that is ridiculous uh, it, it, is, it is ridiculous to even think that you know get, uh, arming teachers is the solution to uh, the school shootings that have taken place uh, in 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 Uvalde, Texas, and Parkland, and Columbine, and other places around the country? It's it's amazing how they try to rationalize and justify, uh, you know, the, uh, the 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 you know their stance when it comes to gun uh, legislation or the lack thereof. Uh, And it's definitely not, the answer is definitely not putting more guns on the streets. Um, But, you know, we would like to see uh, gun legislation that is comprehensive, that will uh, require stricter background checks, that will take these militaristic weapons like AR-15s off of the streets completely. There is no need for them uh, to be in existence There's no need for civilians To have these type of weapons Period and point blank They are not even uh, I think they shouldn't even be used For hunting purposes There's no reason that uh, An 18 year old uh, You know should be buying An AR-15 Because you know the probability Of them using it on Another human being is very is fairly high uh, and so, you know, that's that that's that's what I believe, and uh, I, I I really um, don't again see any benefit uh, from putting more guns in the hands of um, other people, even if it even if they even if they appear to be more rational than those who are using those weapons uh, irrationally. I don't think that is the answer either. But going back to this uh, CNN article um, and 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 talking about mental health, particularly according to this article, mental health and telehealth uh, investment. The proposal also includes major investments to increase access to mental health and suicide prevention programs and other support services available in the community, including crisis and trauma intervention and recovery uh, I, while I do believe that this is definitely a step in the right direction when it comes to mental health because as you know Most of those individuals, uh, domestic terrorists uh, who gone into schools and gone into uh, shopping malls and markets and other places to uh, wreak havoc on those uh, civilians that are there. Uh, with these militaristic weapons uh, we've discovered that they have mental issues that they have mental problems uh, but I believe that um, stricter gun uh, stricter background checks uh, in in these places where uh, these these, Individuals purchase these weapons will serve much better, uh, or serve in ta- or work in tandem with those investments in mental health, uh, because there's no reason why someone uh, who is battling with uh, dementia or battling with uh, schizophrenia should be o- allowed to purchase a AR-15 or purchase a weapon. Period. And that uh, information should be on file somewhere. Um, There should be a waiting period for uh, individuals to purchase weapons so that an extensive background check Uh, can be done to determine whether this individual is uh, in the right state of mind to uh, be able to use the weapon responsibly. I think that's so very important And, um, and so I do agree that investments in mental health is very important. Uh, Members are going to be messaging these provisions carefully over the next several weeks because while Democrats view them as important, they want to emphasize that most people who struggle with mental illness are not violent. And um, I'm sure the numbers speak to that. But again, I'm saying that... Uh, stricter background checks should be uh, able to weed out those battling with mental health challenges and uh, those who are trying, uh, you know, battling with mental health challenges, trying to purchase weapons because, you know, the, the likelihood of them using them on themselves or others uh, are very high in my view. Enhanced review process for buyers under... 21 uh clarifying the definition of federally licensed firearm dealers uh school security resources uh these are things that are going to be addressed or supposed to be addressed in this forthcoming bill that we're waiting to uh hit the senate floor um expanded background Uh, Checks seem to be what lawmakers have left out. Uh, Notably, the agreement doesn't include a provision that would expand background checks for all firearm sales or transfers in the country. Currently, background checks are not required for gun sales and transfers by unlicensed and private sellers. And that is something that is really troubling because um, I, I, I can't seem to understand why um, it is so hard For something as simple as Expanding background checks I, Something that I, I shouldn't say is simple But makes the most sense Seems to be The hardest thing to do The hardest thing To accomplish And um, Democrats have long supported such a requirement, and last year the House passed gun legislation that would expand background checks. But, of course, this was um, voted down in the Senate on all commercial gun sales, marking the first congressional move on significant gun control since Democrats won the White House and the majority in both chambers Of Congress, and so um, this is this is um, uh, this was uh, left out of that bill. Also, the assault weapons ban, the AR-15 weapons ban, also left out of this uh, legislation. Higher minimum age of purp purchase was left out of this bill as well. So, uh, as much as they have uh, accomplished, I think in principle, there's still several uh, important key elements of this uh, legislation that I think needs to be addressed, needs to be included. Uh, so, you know, while we uh, while it while it looks like uh, the 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 Senate Republicans have made indeed some progress when it comes to uh, gun uh, legislation or trying to put something together that both sides can agree on. There's still uh, some some areas that they need to work on, um, and you know, of course, Republicans, you know, for most for the most part, are the ones that have been diametrically opposed to gun legislation. For obvious reasons, because the NRA is in most of their pocketbooks, uh, they are big lobbyists in Washington and uh, big lobbyists in the Republican Party, and uh, they make no uh, make no uh, qualms about what they're doing, what their objectives and purposes are. And the Republicans are standing, uh, uh, standing by, basically watching uh, this, this watching all of these, uh, these, these shootings take place, and basically twiddling their thumbs. They, you know, they're they're continuing to, as uh, Haley Taylor Slits mentioned in the last podcast, offering their thoughts and prayers, but nothing more, uh, and nothing less. And that is uh, very unfortunate because there's more that definitely can be done uh, in this regard. So uh, we'd love to know what your thoughts are regarding this. I think uh, it's important that we engage our congressmen and women uh, when it comes to gun legislation. They need to know, they need to hear from us what we think and what our thoughts are uh, and what needs to be included in this legislation. Expanded background checks is definitely one thing I think that needs to be included. Um, the, the the ban on uh, assault weapons like AR-15s uh, is definitely important as well. Uh, there also needs to be a higher minimum age of purchase uh, as well because the thought is the older you are, the more responsible you would be with a Uh, weapon Uh, so there are a lot of things I think that need to be considered with this legislation of course we don't and we don't want this uh, to uh, be rushed uh, or pushed through uh, with uh, a push through so that uh, they can have something on the books Uh, but you know I, I, I trust that uh, the legislative process will prevail and that this bill, you know, will uh, be vetted properly uh, and um, and go through its proper paces before it is voted on uh, in the Senate. Uh, and then passed in the House of Representatives. But I'd like to know what your thoughts are about this. Uh, uh, again, it looks like we are close, but uh, even though as close as we are, I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Love to get your thoughts and opinions about that. Feel free. To shoot us an email at contact at Michael, Michael Leave us a post or DM us on all of our social media. Facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ. Or send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN. We'd love to get your thoughts about that as well. And of course, you can leave us a voice message. Even after you listen to this podcast, just click the link there at the bottom and you'll be able to leave us a comment about this on other segments in this podcast. So do us a favor. We love to hear from you guys. Guys, we're getting ready to take a break. When we come back, we're jumping into our second segment talking about the January 6th hearings and why we think they're so important. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back.
6: You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimon's. Don't you dare touch that dial.
0: State's attorney, Marilyn Mosby.
8: As a black woman, you know, in the Supreme Court, right? Like this is this is long overdue
0: thinking Thinking. out loud.
8: And it will be similar, that same sort of spark for every Black woman and every girl across the nation. There's symbolism in the importance of having the first African-American woman in the Supreme Court. It's reassuring that President Biden has recognized that Black women have carried the Democratic Party on our backs nationally and locally for decades. And and, and our work and our passion, in, in many ways, built the seats at the table. Let let me be very clear about that, right? But more importantly, some of the most qualified candidates we have ever had are eligible for this this nomination, and they are black women. When we talk about, you know, Michelle Childs and Leandra Kruger and Katanji Brown Jackson, they have like these stellar resumes, incredible experience, and are the ideal fit for a job like this.
0: We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. The people have spoken is one an important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show? Don't 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 don't, don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio
1: show. We'll be right back.
9: Then-President Donald Trump riling up his supporters on January 6, 2021, and directing their anger towards Vice President Mike Pence. Mike Pence is going to have to come through for us. And if he doesn't, that will be a a sad day for our country. Trump personally putting the pressure on Pence in a tense phone call that morning. We called him a wimp. It was a different tone than I'd heard him take um, with the vice president before.
5: Do you remember? Remember what she said? Her father called him
9: the P-word. Later tweeting an attack on Pence after rioters had breached the Capitol. (laughs) All as Trump had been told repeatedly that Pence had no authority to simply reject states' electoral college votes as he presided over the congressional certification of the 2020 election. Was it your impression that the vice president had directly conveyed his position on these issues to the president,
5: not just, I just to like the world through a Dear Colleague letter, but directly to President Trump? Many times. And had been consistent in conveying his position to the president? Very
9: consistent. The committee focusing today on the role of Trump attorney John Eastman, who pushed the theory that the vice president could overturn Joe Biden's victory. White House officials were alarmed and pushed back on Eastman.
7: Yeah, they thought he was crazy. I said, Are you out of your effing mind?
9: Even Fox News personality Sean Hannity sending these text messages to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, saying on January 5th, I'm very worried about the next 48 hours. But as he was peddling the theory, Eastman knew it was bogus, writing in October 2020 that nowhere. Does it suggest that the president of the Senate gets to make the determination on his own? Pence's formal counsel recalling tense deliberations in the White House, including this demand from Eastman on January 5th.
5: What most surprised me about that meeting was that when Mr. Eastman came in, um, he said, I'm here to request that you reject the elector. He came in and um,
10: expressly requested that.
9: As Trump and Pence were privately sparring about the vice president's role, Trump issued a statement saying he and the vice president were in total agreement that Pence had the power to act. We were shocked and disappointed
5: because whoever had written and put that statement out, it was categorically untrue.
9: The message came from Trump.
5: He He dictated most of it.
9: Had Trump succeeded, Former Judge Michael Luding offering this stark warning. Would have plunged America into what I believe would have been tantamount to a Just like revolution. The first constitutional crisis since the founding of the Republic. Now we're also learning that John Eastman asked be included in a potential list of pardons in the aftermath of January 6th. Now, he did not cooperate with the committee. In fact, he, when he was brought before them. He actually pleaded the fifth many times when they asked a number of questions. And we're also big learning about some of the next steps the committee wants to take. One of which is to actually interview the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's wife, Jitty Thomas, who's a conservative activist. She had emailed Eastman and also pushed to overturn the electoral results. Thompson telling us earlier the chairman and the committee, Benny Thompson, telling us that they have sent a letter to Thomas asking for her to come in and answer their questions.
1: We are back, and uh, this is the Here's What I'm Thinking edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, just um, talking about the first segment, um, gun legislation and the Senate Republicans working on something that they plan to uh, present to uh, the Senate to to, to, uh, vote on before the the, uh, 4th of July holiday We talked about that in the first segment, and I'd love to get your thoughts and your feedback about that but in this segment we're talking about January 6th and you all know what happened just a few months ago in our nation's capital uh, a massive uh, insurrection A uh, uh, you, you might as well call it a riot because that's really what it was there was nothing um, uh, purposeful or productive when it comes to what took place uh, at the capital and uh, our nation's capital what Joe Biden President Biden I should say uh, called the seat of our democracy um, it was desecrated it was um, it was uh, it, 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 it was it was it was, uh, you know, the, the the words escape me at the moment, but I'm sure you've seen the images, the pictures, and they're all still coming out because of this January 6th hearing that is taking place and chaired by uh, uh, the Democrat Democratic leadership, uh, namely uh, uh, Senate leader uh, Adam Schiff. Um, he is, um, and his team are uh, going over documents, going over video and images and um, they are interviewing uh, uh, Trump supporters and uh, cabinet members and uh, individuals that worked in the Trump House Trump White House and basically uh, getting out uh, getting information about uh, what was going on behind the scenes uh, on January 6th that led to this mob riot uh, at our nation's capital. And uh, what we're learning, of course, is that Trump was behind it all. He was behind it all. And uh, the most damaging part about all of this, in my view, is that... It all is all is happening and unraveling uh, in public. It's all you know. All of this that took place uh, behind the scenes is not just being revealed in public, but we also saw uh, moments of this uh, activity taking place in public view when Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Uh, He went through and basically. uh, uh, said what he wanted to say, did what he wanted to do unchecked by anyone. In the Republican Party, and that's uh, and that is egregious, and that and that was, uh, in my view, made them accessories to uh, the demise of the Republican Party. Uh, this 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 party is uh, lacking credibility, is, uh lacking notoriety, uh, and it's 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 waning in uh, because of. Uh, the the leadership at the top, the spineless Republicans that continue to uh, perpetuate this this erroneous lie that uh, the presidential election was st- somehow stolen from President Trump, former President Trump, and, and that Joe Biden is not a legitimate president uh, is 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 terrible. It is it is incredulous. It cannot it is it is. It's ridiculous. That's that's it in a nutshell. And I, I, I saw somewhere where during a uh, local uh, GOP convention, I believe in Texas, uh, there was um, claims made that President Biden was not a legitimate president. These types of lies need to stop. And the reason why I think that the January 6th hearings are important, even though uh, some might view uh, it to be uh, much to do about nothing, uh, I think... This hearing is important to combat the series of lies that are being told about the past presidential election um, because it goes to show you that words have power. Words matter because um, the the Republican party, Donald Trump has made millions of dollars off of these lies. And I've said it in other uh, earlier podcasts You've heard me say it, and many others have said it as well, that I believe that the one person that knows the truth behind all of this is also the same person that is continuing to perpetuate the lies that took place, uh, to perpetuate the lie about the presidential election, and that is Donald Trump. I believe he knows better than anyone. The truth about the presidential election, he knows that he lost, but uh, he is going along with the lie. He is continuing to perpetuate the lie because he knows it is it is um, uh, conducive and uh, it is uh, financially beneficial for him to do so. He made uh, a quarter of a billion dollars perpetuating these false claims about him uh, and and about the election being stolen from him. And anybody in their right mind making that kind of money, making uh, off of those false claims, will continue to do so. He's going to continue to do so because it is financially advantageous for him to do so. And but what you have to do is be able to see through the weeds and see through the lies, and, and 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 be able to see the truth in in the in the fact that the election process worked, that President Joe Biden was duly elected, uh, the forty-sixth president of the United States. Uh, this election was not stolen, uh, and uh, and. The integrity of future elections are intact, and that is the message I think that uh, should be emanating from these January 6 hearings as they continue forth. Uh, okay. That. As the, the truth comes out, not just about uh, what happened on January 6th, but the truth will continue to come out about how important it is for you to go to the polls and vote and how uh, our election process is um Intact, and that uh, it is um, it is not fraudulent, and that uh, these legislatures should continue to encourage people to go to the polls and vote is so very, very important that you understand that. And I think more more importantly than just discussing what took place on January 6th and what happened there, and the details of what happened there, most importantly, what should be brought to bear is that our election process is uh, intact and it does work. Um, what, what should definitely be brought to bear is that this past election cycle 75 million Republicans voted for Donald Trump and another 80 or so million voters voted for President Joe Biden and that is the reason why He won. That is the reason why he became the 46th president of the United States. That is the reason why this election was an unprecedented uh, election when it comes to voter turnout. It was over a hundred and 115 million or so, uh, I think almost 120 million uh, Americans that went to the polls and voted uh, this past presidential election. And that, that point needs to be made continuously. And that is the reason why I think these January 6th hearings are so very important because it makes the point that you have to go to the polls and vote. That voting is essential. That That voting matters. That voting works, and that is the message that needs to resonate with every American in this country. Uh, Not the fact, or not not the fact, but not the lies that are continuing to be perpetuated. But the fact that voting works, and um, and and these and what happened January sixth are just the residual effects of. People who bought into these incredulous lies that one party told about another. Uh the the Republican Party uh uh lost their leadership lost it's time for them to move on and accept that fact that, uh, that, that, John, that Donald Trump is no longer the president, that, the, that it was not stolen from him, that President Biden is a duly elected president of the United States. And, uh, and, and, and this is something, again, that needs to resonate in these hearings. And that's why I think they're important. Now, uh, of course, the details of what happened are important as well because they uncover a conspiracy that took place uh, leading up to and even after uh, the presidential election uh, took place. Because we're finding out that, that Donald Trump was on the phone with state and local officials trying to uh, solicit votes, trying to overturn the election, and uh, even members of his own cabinet and members of uh, the White House were um, trying their very best to do the same in other areas. Uh, but the truth is coming out, the truth will continue to come out, and the truth always prevails in the end. The truth always prevails, and that is what we have to continue to rely on and believe. But that's why again, I think that the January 6th hearings are uh, so very, very important. Another point that I would like to bring out is uh, re- regarding this, 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 these January 6 hearings, uh, of course, is um, just how far Donald Trump and the Republican Party are willing to go to uh, exacerbate these ridiculous claims, uh, according to uh, an article uh, in with CNN um, regarding the January 6 hearings, uh, the, the the title was "Threats Against Public Servants Define Chilling January 6 Hearings." Uh, It reads, "It's, it's the simple but powerful message the House Select Committee investigating the attack on the U.S. Capitol is trying to convey through its public hearings. The presentations to this point have offered a string of compelling narratives by focusing on the violence of January 6th and the officials who helped enable it. Uh, But Tuesday's hearings delivered something even more sinister with state and local election officials trading narrowing testimony about uh, trading harrowing testimony about the dangers they had faced operating on the wrong side of former President Donald Trump's lies. And I want to stop there because what is really frustrating about all of this is that, you know, how much uh latitude this 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 narcissistic uh egotistical racist maniacal um uh uh, uh uh crazy man was given uh in in the White House it was like they were they they were you know and, 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 and but but now you know those who enabled him are are, are now telling on him and and basically saying, that it was like uh, working with a baby, you know. That he was a five-year-old. He had to, you know, and, and uh, working with a whiny baby. And now they feel liberated that they're no longer working for him. Uh, and 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 yet I cannot help but but juxtapose, uh, you know, what happened under Donald Trump with. Uh, you know the scenario if he had been uh, if he had been a black president operating with such Uh, vitriol with such guile guile and such uh, ignorance and uh, ineptitude, uh, would he have been given this much latitude? Would he have been given this much uh, 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 space and freedom to do the damage that he's done to this country? And I would continue to argue, no, that would not be the case. Not at all. And that is what we are continuing to have to contend with every time we hear more and more come out about what happened in the Trump White House. And it's even more frustrating when you compare that to uh, the challenges and obstacles that the first African American president, yes I said it, Barack Obama uh, had uh, when he was President of the United States. And we can give countless numbers of examples of this uh, when he was President and uh, what he encountered and had to endure as the first African American President at the helm of this country. Uh, it is it's, it's fascinating to see how little space and 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 how little uh, uh, he had to, to 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 wiggle room that he had uh, as uh, you know, when he was in charge, and how much um wiggle how, how much latitude and longitude and and and, 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 uh, and space that this other president had when he was in office. It is ba- it's mind-boggling. it is baffling but the I can, I can, it, what the word that continues to come to mind again uh, and to, to ba- basically contextualize all of this is white privilege. It, it, is the, uh, uh, and it is the eternal answer to the question of how this was able to happen. White privilege. I, 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 President Obama, when he was in office, he wore, the, the, and this is just an example of the amount of scrutiny and criticism and pressure he was under, as the first African American president of the United States, he wore a tan suit one time as president. One time, and a article was written about him by the. It was discussed on talk radio. Uh, uh, it was discussed. Uh, uh, it was uh, articles that were written about him. It was in the news media. He wore a tan suit. There were and 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 he was criticized by Senate and congressional Republicans. That he was not taking his job seriously. The tan suit was uh, a bad taste and 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 a bad choice in clothes and clothing. Uh, it was it was ridiculous the amount of uh, vitriol that was spewed his way because he decided one day to wear a tan suit instead of a dark brown a dark blue or black suit. It was incredible. And he was the kind of he was the kind of person, thankfully, that did not take any of that uh, stuff to heart. He let it roll right off of his uh, his back like water off uh, he, he uh, like water off a duck's back. He didn't take any of that seriously at all. But again, going back to the latitude that uh, Donald Trump had and the lack thereof. That former President Barack Obama um, had—it is mind-boggling, you know what these, you you know, when you compare the two, and of course, you know who was the better president, and yet the better president was the one that was given uh, given the less and had to deal with so much more. And then on the flip side, it was, it was the, it was the, 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 the uh, Donald Trump who was given more, but in return, he gave so much less. He had so much less to give. And yet he did, in my view, the most damage, uh, to, to this country, uh, but my point in bringing up again the January 6th hearings was that most importantly in all of this, the right to vote needs to be put to the forefront in these hearings to let Americans know that their election process is intact and that they are and they can go to the polls and vote in these upcoming elections because their voices matter and their vo- and their votes do and will count. I love to know what your thoughts are about all of this. Love to get your feedback. Please uh, feel free to hit us up on our social media TOL Radio Host MSN Contact at MichaelNimis Love to know what you thought about that as well. Guys, when we come back. We're talking Juneteenth. You don't want to go anywhere. You're 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 rocking with one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We'll be right back. Touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. <laughs> Holla.
0: Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you.
6: Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimitz. Vision is an insightful, thought provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision vision, is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnemons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the
1: Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back.
5: Last year, President Biden signed a bill recognizing Juneteenth as a federal holiday. The president said that day Juneteenth marks both the long, hard night of slavery and subjugation and the promise of a greater morning to come. Black Americans long have celebrated June 19th to mark the end of slavery in America, even as our national reckoning continues today on this Juneteenth. NBC's Rahima Ellis has our Sunday Spotlight.
10: Pride and purpose. The first in-person Juneteenth celebration in Buffalo, New York, since the pandemic marches back to life. What's your power? The third largest in the country, and it all started with this man, Judson Price.
6: We had a parade off the festival,
10: a festival like no other that began here 47 years ago.
6: If we
9: had state troopers.
10: We had um, police, firemen, everything. As the nation prepared to celebrate the bicentennial on July 4th, 1976, Price and other community leaders started to wonder. He said, what
6: can we celebrate something dealing with our freedom?
10: That's because back in 1776, when the American colonies declared their independence from Great Britain, blacks were not included. It wasn't until June 19th, 1865, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, that slaves in Texas were told they were free. Since then, many black people have celebrated Juneteenth to mark the end of slavery. But it wasn't common. Did you study this in school?
6: No, no, no. In fact, the organization that started this in Buffalo did not know anything about it.
10: Price and his co-founders learned about Juneteenth from the library. Buffalo's Juneteenth Festival President Emeritus, Marcus Brown. You smile when you start I smile say
0: because um, it's paying tribute to my ancestors, mm-hmm. contributions that we've done as African Americans, like not only in the city of Buffalo, in the country, and even in the world. I
6: was about 15 at the first festival.
10: Jennifer Earl Jones, board president of the Buffalo Juneteenth Festival, is clear-eyed about her mission.
6: Talking about how we gained our freedom and how we must consistently remind others about
10: our freedom today. This year's celebration, dedicated to the 10 lives taken from this tight-knit community only a month ago in a mass shooting by a man authorities say was driven by racial hatred. It put a hole in our heart it really did it's not just me it's the whole community grieving but determined the festival must go on if we don't do what we have been doing they would have won whoever's causing the trouble
6: would have done what they want to do but i think it's only brought us together more
10: signed into law as a national holiday just last year 2022 marks the first year Juneteenth will be widely celebrated across the country. For Judson Price, it's only the beginning. How do you feel being one of the original organizers you know, I, of this?
6: I just say I feel blessed by having Juneteenth. They realize that we have come a long ways, even though, of course, we've got a long ways to go.
10: For Sunday Today, Rahema Ellis, Buffalo.
1: guys we are back on the here's what I'm thinking edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and we've been chopping chopping it up about a number of different issues one of which is uh, the gun legislation that Senate Republicans are uh, endeavoring to propose before uh, the July 4th holiday Um, and uh, I think while they are they have made some progress Uh, we shared with you in the first segment that it appears that uh, there are still uh, some uh ways that they have to go in order to where we need to be as a nation When it comes to uh, having Comprehensive gun legislation We talked about that in the First segment of uh, this Week's show and in the second segment We just got finished talking about the January 6th uh, committee Hearings and, and you know our Thoughts about that and where uh, We are with that and Why we think it is important uh, That uh, the January 6th hearings are conducted even Though you know we might not end up getting the results from those hearings that we're looking for, uh, I still think that it's important that the the, 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 the theme of voting is uh, made preeminent in these hearings, that, uh, that people understand that the integrity of voting is, I think, on the line. That the, uh, these Senate uh, Democrats need to make uh, make the point to combat uh, the lies that are being told by Senate Republicans and Congressional Republicans about the lie uh, that the, that Donald Trump somehow lost the elect, uh, no, not lost, but stole the election was stolen from him uh, in 2021 uh, on last year, but uh, that. Uh, You know, we are, uh, uh, well, well, I'm not not 2021, but rather 2020, the presidential election in 2020, that it was somehow stolen from him in 2020, uh, but he actually lost that election in 2020. And, uh, you know, it is the reason, again, he is choosing to continue to perpetuate the law, the the lie, is because it is profitable to him. That is the primary reason that you're continuing to hear more about these lies from these Senate Republicans because he was able to rake in a quarter of a billion dollars uh, on that lie that the election was somehow stolen from him. And so that is the truth of the matter. And again, I think these Senate, these Senate hearings uh, regarding the January 6th uh, uh, riot that took place at our nation's capital um, it needs to happen uh, if nothing else but to combat the the, the the litany of lies that are being told about uh, this 2020 presidential election. So I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about any of that that we talked about in these first two segments here. But we're going to be rounding out uh, the three topics for uh, this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, talking about Juneteenth and the significance of this holiday that we are uh, celebrating over the past couple of days. It is now a federal holiday. Thanks to President Joe Biden signing it into law on last year, uh, which I I truly believe was a step in the right direction uh, and uh, giving our country uh, the ability to atone for some of its historic sins against uh, black people. Um, And Juneteenth is uh, the Independence Day uh, uh, is our Independence Day. Celebrating freedom and liberty and our liberation from 400 years of slavery, Uh, it is it is definitely um, remarkable that uh, this country is now recognizing this as a national holiday. And um, I think you know, for 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 very long prior to this becoming a federal holiday, it was it was basically. A holiday that was celebrated locally. It was celebrated, you know, behind the scenes. It was not uh, given much press. It was, it was um, something that, you know, was uh, was not really viewed as a holiday uh, by uh, by by many people. But uh, as of you know, of course, last year President Biden made it a point to. Mark this holiday As a federal holiday And one that should be recognized Nationwide Um, According to an article uh, Despite Juneteenth's Storied history The holiday was largely overlooked By non-black Americans Until recent years. The momentum of the Black Lives Matter movement propelled Juneteenth into the national spotlight, building on a decade-long push by activists and leaders to get recognition for landmark for this landmark occasion. As I said last year, Juneteenth became the latest federal holiday in the U.S., the first to be approved since Martin Luther King Day in 1983. You all know that uh, uh, we celebrate that an annual holiday uh, in large part because of the work that was done by uh, sainted Congressman John Conyers. Um, as black Americans continue to face the same challenges and inequities that inspire so many uh, to take to the streets in 2020, it's worth reflecting on the history behind its Uh, uh, behind this holiday it celebrates the end of slavery Juneteenth known as Juneteenth Independence Day Freedom Day and Emancipation Day commemorates the end of slavery in the US Uh, a blend of words June and 19th it marks June nineteenth, 1865 The day that Union Army Major General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas and issued a general order, number three, proclaiming that the enslaved African Americans there were free. Uh, He said, and I quote, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. The order read, this involves an absolute equity of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired laborer. So this again became um, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the official uh, proclamation uh, to the end of slavery. Uh, Many think that it was uh, Abraham Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation that brought an end to slavery, when in fact that was not the case. Abraham Lincoln uh, wrote the uh, Emancipation Proclamation uh, basically as a war strategy. Uh, Many uh, don't know this, but he was quoted by saying my paramount object in this struggle is to save the union and it's not either to save or to destroy slavery if i could save the union without freeing any slaves i would do it and if i could save it by freeing all the slaves i would do that and if i could save it by freeing some and leaving others i would also do that that quote there i think is very telling about Um, you know, where the president's mind was uh, when he drafted the Emancipation Proclamation uh, in an effort to uh, free the slaves. And here you find out that that was not really what he was trying to do at all. So um, this is a a bit of a historical uh, perspective of uh, the significance of of Juneteenth. You know, this country, of course, we celebrate uh, July 4th uh, as the nation's Independence Day, uh, the, the in, our independence from British rule. Uh, but we, as a, a culture, we as black people celebrate June 19th or Juneteenth, as we've said, uh, as our official day of liberty from slavery. Um, it, you know, I think it's important that we do take time to recognize this holiday uh, each and every year um, because it, 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 it allows us to not just talk about where we've come from. But it also gives us the ability to also define where we're going, where we're headed, uh, and to lay out a vision for that as well. Um, You know, we do spend a lot of time talking about history, talking about you know the civil rights movement, talking about uh, the leadership of men like Martin Luther King uh, Jr. and Malcolm X and many, many others. In history, that uh, are responsible for where we are today. And I think it's important that we do so. It's important that we talk about the past and the shoulders that we stand on as a people. But I also think it's important that we talk about where do we go from here, which was also a very prominent question that uh, Dr. King asked while he was alive. In fact, he even wrote a book about that as well where do we go from here and the celebration of the Juneteenth holiday uh, allows us to make that point each and every year where do we go from here we're now we're, we're celebrating our liberation but where do we go from here as it relates to, Uh, education where do we go from here as it relates to uh the our economy and entrepreneurship and and uh, where do we go from here as it relates to uh our um our families our 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 children our um you, you know our uh our our lives our politics uh our culture where do we go from here and uh, you know the movement, the things that that we hold dear to, the things that that um, that mean the most to us. You know, we I, we I, the the celebration of this holiday. Um, you know, allows us to be able to address those questions. I think on uh, a, a a much larger platform, especially now that. Uh, this holiday is now a federal holiday, and from what I understand, there were celebrations that took place across the country. There was a concert uh, that was held by uh, CNN, uh, and, and uh, where many, many artists performed there. Many ways that that people celebrated, uh, you know, this 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 national holiday, which I think is important for us to do. But we definitely should not lose sight of where we are and where we need to be as a race of people. Uh, movements like Black Lives Matter, I think, are so very important. Uh, Black Voters Matter. Letitia. Uh, uh, Letitia Brown uh, and many others who uh, are putting the plight of black America in front of the White House, in front of Congress, in front of the Senate, uh, every single day to make them aware of uh, important legislation that needs to be passed uh, on our behalf. Uh, you know. Uh, we the, the 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 George Floyd Justice for Freedom Act needs to be passed. The the John Lewis Voting Rights Act needs to be passed. Uh, there's again promises that President Biden has made to us for those for these two pieces of important legislation to be passed. In addition to major criminal justice reform that needs to be uh, put in place as well. And again. The acknowledgement of this holiday uh, is important for that reason because it helps us again to answer the question: Where do we go from here, um, and how do we get there? Uh, so, I am I am in support of this Juneteenth uh, celebration. Uh, I I love talking about history I love uh, you know uh, being able to you know look back and reflect upon where we've come from and how do we get how do we get here but I also think it's very important that we talk about where do we go from here Uh, it's so so very important that we uh, take time to uh, discuss that as well guys I love to get your thoughts and feedback about this t- topic of Juneteenth. I know you all celebrated as well. We'd love to know how you celebrated the Juneteenth holiday. Again, feel free to DM us or hit us up on any or all of our social media or again, leave us a voice message uh, in the link below in the episode. We'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about any of this and who knows you may hear your comments right on the podcast. Well guys, we're getting ready to take another break. When we come back, we're getting right into this week's thought of the week from former President Barack Obama. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back.
6: You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial.
4: I am Pam Pear. You're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Michael Nimitz, And this show is lit. You got to tune in.
0: The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.
7: You in to the final Hour of Show. Keep it lock, Keep it lock, Keep it locked. Who told you
1: that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you get you to believe?
0: Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Neimans talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden.
1: It's time the think out loud radio show. And what's cracking planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good.
0: Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. It's time, 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 time for the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show thought, 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 thought of
1: the week. As we said earlier, we're dedicating this entire episode to all of the great fathers that are out there. Happy Father's Day. And in the spirit of Father's Day, we're sharing with you an excerpt of a powerful address delivered by former President Barack Obama as he delivers the commencement address to the Morehouse graduates of 2013. Take a listen.
2: We have a special dispensation. Now, graduates, I am humbled to stand here with all of you as an honorary Morehouse man. I finally made it. And as I do, I am mindful of an old saying. You can always tell a Morehouse man, but you can't tell him much. And that makes my task a little more difficult, I suppose. But but I think it also reflects the sense of pride that's always been part of this school's tradition. Benjamin Mays, who served as the president of Morehouse for almost 30 years, understood that tradition better than anybody. He said, and I quote, it will not be sufficient for Morehouse College, for any college, for that matter, to produce clever graduates. But rather honest men, men who can be trusted in public and private life, men who are sensitive to the wrongs, the sufferings, and the injustices of society, and who are willing to accept responsibility for correcting those ills. It was that mission, not just to educate men, but to cultivate good men, strong men, upright men that brought community leaders together just two years after the end of the Civil War. They assembled a list of 37 men, free blacks and freed slaves, who would make up the first prospective class of what later became Morehouse College. Most of those first students had a desire to become teachers and preachers, to better themselves so they could help others do the same. A century and a half later, times have changed. But the Morehouse Mystique still endures. Some of you probably came here from communities where everybody looked like you. Others may have come here in search of a community. And I suspect that some of you probably felt a little bit of culture shock the first time you came together as a class in King's Chapel. All of a sudden, you weren't the only high school sports captain. You weren't the only student council president, you were suddenly in a group of high achievers, and that meant you were expected to do something more. And that's the unique sense of purpose that this place has always infused. The conviction that this is a training ground not only for individual success, but for leadership that can change the world. Dr. King was just 15 years old when he enrolled here at Morehouse. He was an unknown, undersized, unassuming young freshman who lived at home with his parents. I think it's fair to say he wasn't the coolest kid on campus. For the suits he wore, his classmates called him Tweed. But his education at Morehouse helped to forge the intellect, the discipline, the compassion, the sole force that would transform America. It was here that he was introduced to the writings of Gandhi and Thoreau and the theory of civil disobedience. It was here that professors encouraged him to look past the world as it was and fight for the world as it should be. And it was here at Morehouse, as Dr. King later wrote, where I realized that nobody was afraid not even of some bad weather, I added on that part. I know it's wet out there. But Dr. Wilson told me y'all had a choice and decided to do it out here anyway. That's, that's a Morehouse man topic. Now think about it, for, for black men in the 40s and the 50s, The threat of violence, the constant humiliations, large and small, the uncertainty that you could support a family, the gnawing doubts born of a Jim Crow culture that told you every day that somehow you were inferior, the temptation to shrink from the world, to accept your place, to avoid risks, to be afraid, that temptation was necessarily strong. And yet, here, under the tutelage of men like Dr. Mays, young Martin learned to be unafraid. And he, in turn, taught others to be unafraid. And over time, he taught a nation to be unafraid. And over the last 50 years, thanks to the moral force of Dr. King and a Moses generation that overcame their fear and their cynicism and their despair. Barriers have come tumbling down. The new doors of opportunity have swung open. And laws and hearts and minds have been changed to the point where someone who looks just like you can somehow come to serve as president of these United States of America. So the history we sh- share should give you hope. The future we share should give you hope. You're graduating into an improving job market. You're living in a time when advances in tele- technology and communication put the world at your fingertips. Your generation is uniquely poised for success unlike any generation of African-Americans that came before. But that doesn't mean we don't have work because if we're honest with ourselves, we know that too few of our brothers have the opportunities that you've had here at Morehouse. In troubled neighborhoods all across this country, many of them heavily African-American. Too few of our citizens have role models to guide them. Communities just a couple of miles from my house in Chicago. Communities just a couple of miles from here. There are places where jobs are still too scarce and wages are still too low. Where schools are underfunded and violence is pervasive. Where too many of our young men spend their use, not behind a desk in a classroom, but hanging out on the streets. Or brooding behind a jail cell. My job as president is to advocate for policies that generate more opportunity for everybody. Policies that strengthen the middle class and give more people the chance to climb their way into the middle class. Policies that create more good jobs and reduce poverty and educate more children and give more families the security of health care and protect more of our children from the horrors of gun violence. That's my job. Those are matters of public policy and it is important for all of us black, white, and brown to advocate for an America where everybody's got a fair shot in life, not just some, not just a few. But along with collective responsibilities, we have individual responsibilities. There are some things, as black men, we can only do for ourselves. There are some things, as Warhouse men, that you are obliged to do for those still left behind. As Morehouse men, you now wield something even more powerful than the diploma you're about to collect, and that's the power of your example. So what I ask of you today is the same thing I ask of every graduating class I address. Use that power for something larger than yourself. Live up to President Mays' challenge. Be sensitive to the wrongs, the sufferings, and the injustices of society, and be willing to accept responsibility for correcting those ills. I know that some of you came to Morehouse from communities where life was about keeping your head down and looking out for yourself. Maybe you feel like you escaped, and now you can take your degree and get that fancy job and the nice house and the nice car and never look back. And don't get me wrong, with all those student loans you've had to take out, I know you got to earn some money. With the doors open to you that your parents and grandparents could not even imagine, no one expects you to take a vow of poverty. But I will say, it betrays a poverty of ambition if all you think about is what goods you can buy instead of what good you can do. So yes, don't get that law degree, but. But if you do, ask yourself if the only option is to defend the rich and the powerful, or if you can also find some time to defend the powerless. Sure, go get your MBA or start that business. We need black businesses out there, but ask yourselves what broader purpose your business might serve in putting people back to work or transforming a neighborhood. The most successful CEOs I know didn't start out intent just on making money. Rather, they had a vision of how their product or service would change things and the money followed. Some of you may be headed to medical school to become doctors. But make sure you heal folks in underserved communities who really need it, too. For generations, certain groups in this country, especially African-Americans, have been desperate in need of access to quality, affordable health care. And as a society, we're finally beginning to change that. Those of you who are under age 26 already had the option to stay on your parents' health care plan. But all of you are heading into an economy where many young people expect not only to have multiple jobs, but multiple careers. So starting October 1st, because of the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, you'll be able to shop for a quality, affordable plan that's yours and travels with you, a plan that will ensure not only your health, but your dreams if you are sick or go get an accident. But we're going to need some doctors to make sure it works, too. We've got to make sure everybody has good health in this country. It's not just good for you, it's good for this country. So you're going to have to spread the word to your fellow young people. Which brings me to the second point. Just as Morehouse has taught you to expect more of yourselves, inspire those who look up to you to expect more of themselves. We know that too many young men in our community continue to make bad choices. And I have to say, growing up, I made quite a few myself. Sometimes I wrote off my own failings as just another example of the world trying to keep a black man down. I had a tendency sometimes to make excuses for me not doing the right thing. But one of the things that all of you have learned over the last four years is there's no longer any room for excuses. I understand there's, there's a common fraternity creed here at, at Morehouse. Excuses are tools of the incompetent used to build bridges to nowhere and monuments of nothingness. Well, we've got no time for excuses. Not because the bitter legacy of slavery and segregation have vanished entirely, they have not. Not because racism and discrimination no longer exist. We know those are still out there. It's just that in today's hyper-connected, hyper-competitive world with millions of young people from China and India and Brazil, many of whom started with a whole lot less than all of you did all of them entering the global workforce alongside you, nobody is going to give you anything that you have not earned. Nobody cares how tough your upbringing was. Nobody cares if you suffered some discrimination. And moreover, you have to remember that whatever you've gone through, it pales in comparison to the hardship previous generations endured, and they overcame them. And if they overcame them, you can overcome them, too. You now hail from a lineage and legacy of immeasurably strong men, men who bore tremendous burdens and still laid the stones for the path on which we now walk. You wear the mantle of Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington. Ralph Bunch and Langston Hughes and George Washington Carver and Ralph Abernathy and Thurgood Marshall and, yes, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. These men were many things to many people, and they knew full well the role that racism played in their lives. But when it came to their own accomplishments and sense of purpose, they had no time for excuses. Every one of you have a grandma or an uncle or a parent who's told you that at some point in life, As an African American, you have to work twice as hard as anyone else if you want to get by. I think President May has put it even better. He said, whatever you do, strive to do it so well that no man living, and no man dead, and no man yet to be born can do it any better. And I promise you what was needed in Dr. May's time, that spirit of excellence, and hard work and dedication and no excuses is needed now more than ever if you think you can just get over in this economy just because you have a warhouse degree you're in for a rude awakening but if you stay hungry if you keep hustling if you keep on your grind and get other folks to do the same nobody can stop you And when I talk about pursuing excellence and setting an example, I'm not just talking about in your professional life. One of today's graduates, Frederick Anderson. Where's Frederick? Frederick right here. I want, I want, I know it's raining, but I'm gonna tell about Frederick. Frederick started his college career in Ohio only to find out that his high school sweetheart back in Georgia was pregnant. So he came back and rolled in Morehouse to be closer to her. Pretty soon, helping raise a newborn and working night shifts became too much, so he started taking business classes at a technical college instead, doing everything from del- delivering newspapers to buffing hospital floors to support his family. And then he rolled at Morehouse a second time. But even with a job, he couldn't keep up with the cost of tuition. So after getting his degree from that technical school, this father of three decided to come back to Morehouse for a third time. As Frederick says, God has a plan for my life, and he's not done with me yet. And today, Frederick is a family man, and a working man, and a Morehouse man, and that's what I'm asking all of you to do. Keep setting an example for what it means to be a man. husband to your wife. Members of the class of 2013, you are heirs to a great legacy. You have within you that same courage and that same strength, the same resolve as the men who came before you. That's what being a Morehouse man is all about. That's what being an American is all about. Success may not come quickly or easily, but if you strive to do what's right, if you work harder and dream bigger, if you set an example in your own lives and do your part to help meet the challenges of our times, then I am confident that together we will continue the never-ending task of perfecting our union. Congratulations, class of 2013. God bless you. God bless Morehouse, and God bless the United States of America.
1: Powerful address delivered by former President Barack Obama to the students and graduates of Morehouse College in 2013. And again, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are listening to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. And I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, sharing with you what we've been thinking about, what we're, uh, what has been on our mind, uh, dealing with the gun legislation and how important it is for uh, this legislation to get passed and that we are able to move uh, forward with uh, comprehensive gun legislation so that we can. Uh, begin to stop uh, these, ter- these domestic terrorists from attacking uh, our citizens in our country, whether it be our black, pe- our black people, whether it be our, our young children, our seniors, whatever the demographic, I think it's so very important that we do our due diligence to make sure that this gun legislation is passed. Then we also talked about the January 6th hearings and how we think that it's so very important that what comes out of these hearings is the truth of what happened in the presidential election in 2020. Election was not stolen, but the election was legitimately won by President Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. It was not stolen. That President, President da- Former President that Donald President Trump Buster. lost it. And we have to move on as a country. And this hearing uh, is so very important because it, it continues to dispel the lies that are being told by these spineless Republicans, and we hear them all the time. I mean, we're getting ready to go right into another election season, an election cycle, and we're going to hear more and more about the lies that are continuing to be told. But I say that we must continue to combat those lies with the truth, and that's why I think these January 6th hearings are so very important. And then finally, rounding out the three topics, talking about the importance and significance of the Juneteenth holiday. I hope that you celebrate it in some way and and, and uh, made mention of the fact that this is our independent day. I know the nation celebrates July 4th, uh, but Juneteenth, June 19th and the 20th. Is a federal holiday that we celebrate as a people our liberation from 400 years of slavery. I want to thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, we're going to have another great show in store for you. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to ex- uh, increase our exposure across the world wide web. Make sure to share our posts on social media regarding our podcast so that others will be able to know what we what we have going on and what podcasts you're listening to as well well guys we get ready to get out of here but until next time always remember if you think it, you can believe it if you can believe it you can see it if you can see it you can be it if you can be it you can achieve it the power rests within you the mind that is the most powerful muscle in that your body use what posture. you got to get what you want the power is in you it's the thinking out loud radio show thank you for listening
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemmons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemmons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemmons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
7: Giving voice to issues that matter to you.